0: Welcome to Huntin Land. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Joe Baia here with my buddy Clint Flowers again this week. And uh, Clint, this week we're going to be talking about some, some land market dynamics and some market dynamics. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be getting the current land financing rates and getting an update on that. Before we get there, though, man, how'd your uh, how'd your hunting weekend go? It was not the best weather. What
1: kind of success did you guys have? We saw better numbers deer-wise than I expected to see. It was a lot of rain, a lot of changing winds and temperatures, and, and not in a pleasant way, but it sure beats sitting at home on the sofa.
0: Yeah. Not really what you draw up as far as you know the kind of conditions you'd like to have, but we found success. My wife got a really nice... Really nice 200 pound nine point, shot another 120 pound doe. I mean, she had a great, she had a great weekend. I didn't see a deer, but that's perfect. I'd much rather it it be that way. And uh, it was just a, a lot of fun being in the woods, even though the weather was not, not ideal. You know, like I said last week, been watching that HuntWise app that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on here. It's nailing it, man. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. How it really shows you the timing uh, and and the movement factors, and so far it's it's been dead on. You guys did a little duck hunting. Did you pay any attention to that? And have you ever found anything with duck hunting with regards to when birds fly? Obviously, they're going to come in early if you're talking about wood ducks. But have you ever heard anybody talk about that with relation to ducks or waterfowl of any kind?
1: Not really. I mean, wind is what I've made, in my opinion. I've seen make the most difference if birds are already in the area. If birds aren't in the area, there's not a whole lot you can do. But if they're there and you just want them to pick up to one spot and go to the next, you need some wind to get them off the water, you know, get them to move around. There's going to be a little bit of movement right at dawn and dusk. But other than that, you just need something to keep them moving, whether that's wind or other hunters or, or whatever the situation may be. But no, it's a good idea, Joe. We need to figure out what the magic formula is, for figuring yeah. out ducks and then, and then we'd be able to really retire.
0: Yeah. If we could just teleport
1: duck to the South, I think that'd be the <laughs> yeah. key. Yeah. That's the main thing is get them, get them down here, but. <laughs> One thing I noticed with Stephanie on her uh, harvest, and congratulations on that, is she was wearing her uh, lucky National Land Realty hat, which was, has been very proven that it attracts large bucks.
0: It, it has. I'm definitely a believer, you know, because <laughs> it wasn't the ideal conditions. And I tell you what, that deer stunk, man. Yeah, I think they're getting close to breaking loose in the black belt, I, at least where, where I was. Both that buck and that doe that she got were very... Pungent is a good way to put it. So we did see yeah. some, you know, I didn't, but other guys in camp saw some some young bucks starting to push those around and that kind of thing. So won't be long. Uh won't be long at all before we start to see those first signs of the rut. You know, where I was hunting, their rut typically coincides with that middle of January pre rut, at least, or the peak chasing middle of January time frame. Is it the same for you guys? Do y'all get anything? You get any little bump around Christmas?
1: Yeah, I noticed a lot of um, rubs and scrapes and the the, the little bucks that we saw. We saw quite a few that Friday afternoon before the weather set in, and they were all pushing around a little bit. Still had some that were in in groups, but then others that were pushing a little bit. So I I see the signs that it's coming. And then that mature buck we shot last weekend, Mason, my seven-year-old, was looking at his legs and saw that, dark spot said daddy what's that rubbed his fingers all in it (laughs) so he got a uh, biology lesson really quickly with that scent going home with him
0: Yeah, he won't forget that one anytime soon. Well, let's get into the show, man. This week's show is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish in Alabama or the Deep South, you know that it is different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, and food sources are just not the same as they are in other areas of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, Southern outdoor riders pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers to give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. All right, guys, if you'd like us to email you the podcast each week, just text the word HUNTING to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word HUNTING to 773-770-4377. Clint will return all of your texts immediately and get you on the email list to get the new show as soon as it comes out. It's really easy and we appreciate you guys supporting us. Let's get into this week's show. We're going to wrap up 2020 uh, with a little something we've been covering this year, and that's been the land financing rates. You know, Clint, those rates change every day. And and this week we've got Keith McKinley with Alabama Ag Credit to get us caught up on what's going on and, and maybe what's going to be going on in 2021. Keith, tell us about what you do with Alabama Ag Credit. Where you cover, and just give us a little rundown of of what you do there.
2: Well, first and foremost, thanks guys for having me. But uh, yeah, I'm a relationship manager with uh, Alabama Ag Credit. I work out of the, the Monroe office, and we serve Monroe, Clark, Escambia, and uh, Connecticut counties. Those four territories, and we specialize in ag finance. So anything from a land loan, which is another topic of, of discussion for this podcast, but also you know, anything from rural home financing to rural construction and operating lines of credit that uh, farmers may need in and around our territory. So we pretty much, if it deals with ag, uh, we can handle it.
0: Keith, before we get into those land loan rates, how did everyone fare? Hurricane Sally kind of pushed th- up through the area, didn't really have that much damage out of Sally. So how do farmers fare uh, with Zeta coming through?
2: I- I'll say you're exactly right. Sally, uh, for our territory, didn't do as much damage as Zeta. Now, Zeta did do quite a bit of damage, especially to our our cotton farmers. And there was a bad timing when it hit. Those cotton blooms were out there. Those bowls were were blooming. The peanut farmers, not so much. I mean, they did lose a little bit because of uh, the saturation uh, amount of rain we got. But for the most part, those yields were pretty good. But I would say that our cotton farmers did take a big hit uh, from Zeta. Um, Our timber guys, There Obviously, when you have high winds like what came through with Zeta and with Sally, you're going to see some damage there as well. But uh, I would say from our standpoint, from the territory that I cover, obviously, Zeta was more of an impact than Sally, for sure.
0: Well, you know, we're talking about some of the things that happened in 2020. And and one of those things is (laughs) uh, the bright spot has been the the interest rates on, on land. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about what's happened in 2020. What are the real reasons for interest rates being as low as they've been?
2: Well, you know, it's it's always supply and demand. There's been a supply of, of credit out there. You know, the way we work on our side is we finance loans or, or we, we put loans in our books and then we have a funding corporation who, who bottles those things up and packages them together in the forms of bonds and securities and sells them in a the secondary market and You know, we're highly rated, AAA rated bonds and securities. So we are blessed that we have always had buyers out there for those bonds and securities, which enabled us to continue to to land at such historic low uh, rates. And and because there's that demand out there, we're able to keep those rates down, the cost of funds down, which allow us to pass that along to our borrowers. So, you know, it's been, um, you know, we've had one heck of a year as an association, I think all across the farm credit system has been a good year. Me personally, our branch has had a good year. Uh, and a lot of that ties back to, to the rate environment and then the pandemic in terms of people trying to, in my opinion, the conversations I've had, pulling money out of the stock market or, or the depository accounts and, and putting it on tangible assets that they can put their hands on. It's been real good for us this year, for sure.
1: So, Keith, I mean, from January of this year to now, how have rates moved, up or down or flatline? How how's it looked?
2: Uh, Well, at the beginning of the year, rates were up. You know, we're coming off
1: where the Fed had raised rates uh,
2: three or four times, I believe, and obviously the pandemic hit, and uh, they needed to make a move. So rates have trended downward all year long. I will say for the last few months, it's kind of leveled off due to the election, the unknown of the election, and then still the unknown of after the election. But, you know, just to give you an idea, the 10-year Treasury at the beginning of the year was at a 188. As we sit today, it's at 90 basis points. So, it went as low as 52 basis points. If you look at our rates, they don't follow the 10-year treasury exactly, but they do trend with that. So, from our standpoint, we have seen rates trend downward, which again has led to a lot of folks inquiring about financing land and also ultimately pulling the trigger and and going following through with that. So, I would say rates have trended downward and it's been beneficial to not only Alabama credit, but the farm system altogether. That
0: trend downward that you're talking about and, and those historically low rates. I, I know one of the things that's been interesting to me is talking to, you know, being a part of National Land Realty and being able to talk to uh, land professionals all over the country. I find that market to market, what's hot changes. It's not, you know, what's hot in, in Alabama may not be the same thing that's hot in North Carolina, for example. So, have you guys noticed a trend with regards to the types of loans that you're putting out, or, or the types of properties that people are more interested in uh, with this pandemic? And you know, are smaller acreage tracks more in demand? Is there a bright spot, or is there a weak spot with regards to uh, the interest
2: from the consumer? Well, I mean, you brought up a, a great point. Uh, not only does it differ throughout the country but it also differs within our territory itself you know we're covering the lower 40 counties of alabama you go to the east side of the state you know you're going to have a lot of poultry over that way which has been good they have a lot of timber a lot of cattle over that way you, you come back southwest alabama we're going to be big in, in row crop and timber and i will say from from our branches perspective you know timberland and row crop has been kind of what, what we're seeing you know a lot of timberland investment a lot of recreational Tracks that are going to be used for investment purposes later on. I would probably say, just speaking for our branch of the land purchases, as we do, 75 to 80% are our timberland purchases. Whereas I would say in Southeast Alabama, that percentage is probably, you know, 75 to 80% in poultry. It's just, it's just a little different. But uh, I would tell you that across the board, the land has been selling like it's, it's the best market that that I have personally seen. It's the best rate environment that I have personally seen, and that makes for one heck of a combination as far as being in this business. That's for sure. And we're thankful and blessed to have our customers and and also the other partners that are all in this together. I would tell you that across the board, we see a little bit of everything, but here locally, it's going to be uh, row crop and timber.
0: You know, in, in row crop and timber, you typically think of larger tracks. Just when you think of those two types of – of land, I tend to think of larger tracks, hundreds of acres. Has that been more of what's been moving in your market, or or has it been more more smaller tracks?
2: I would say typically in our market we do see a lot of eighty acre, one hundred twenty acre tracks, but this year we've seen a jump in the, in larger tracks. I would tell you that on the timber side, just where we're at, there's a lot of uh, a lot of property that's held by timber companies and trusts, just timberland didn't trade that much here uh, normally, but this year, the larger tracts have traded quite frequently here, and, uh, and so has a row crop. So I would tell you that in 2020, not only has the number of loans and inquiries increased, but the average track of land that we're financing has increased as well.
1: So Keith, Keith if somebody's trying to lock in a deal before the end of the year to close either this year or first of next, what are rates looking like, and and we've talked in the past about the patronage rate opportunities at Alabama Ag, and how does that affect the current rate versus the effective rate?
2: Yeah, I mean the rates are are really good right now. Obviously, there's a lot of things that determine that, from a credit to financials to loan to value to what type of property it is, but. In the length of term, we'll do a one-year note all the way out to thirty years. Uh, it doesn't really matter to us, but I can give you an idea. You know, the longer you go, obviously the longer the rate lock, the, the higher the rates going to be. But typically, what you're going to see, you in know, in, with somebody who's a qualified buyer, uh, you on a thirty-year note, you're going to be in the low to, I'd say, low to mid fours. Uh, right now, that rate's probably around four point one six. That's a, as of you know, December the fifteenth. Twenty-year, you know, you three point nine to the 4.15, 15 years, is, it just goes down from there. And obviously, we do have that patronage program, which we're proud and, and thankful to be able to offer. And, and typically, over the last eight or nine years, that rate has reduced the stated rate, which I just gave you just a couple examples of, by around 95 basis points. And a lot, of, a lot of new borrowers, when they come to us, they don't quite understand that. But when they get that check the third week of March, it becomes pretty real to them we get phone calls all the time. What I, what I do with this check. Well, it's your money. It's your return on your stock that you invested with us at closing. And and we're thankful and, and proud to be able to offer that. But uh, rates are, are really good. I, I'd encourage anybody who's interested right now. I, obviously I, we don't know what the future holds, but rates right now are holding pretty steady. And, uh, and that's from the one year term all the way out to 30. So again, the longer the term, the longer the, the rate lock, the higher the rate, but, also, the lower the payment. So you got to be, you got to know. Some people are, are payment buyers. Some people are, are rate buyers. And we try to make both happy if we can. So, a lot of factors go into that: credit, financials, length of term, length of rate lock, loan to value. But uh, regardless of any of that, we're going to do the best we can on our end to to make everybody happy at the end of the day. Because, like I've always said, we don't get paid to say no. So we want to make everybody happy.
0: Keith, I know you said roughly 4.16 on the 30-year, 30 3.9 to maybe 4.14 on the 20. Of course, this is all dependent on you know
2: individual factors. But what was that 15-year rate? 15-year rate right now, you can probably get on down to 3.75. You know, I'd say 3.75 to 3.9 right now. It's um, kind of the range on that. It bumps a little bit here and there, but 15 years, 3.75 to 3.9. And then obviously there's a big jump, a big gap from 15 to 10. I mean, for folks that are interested in in saving a little bit of every little bit of interest they can, and I certainly don't blame them. I'm I'm one of those folks. You know, if you were to go to a 10-year note, you could get all the way down to to below three and a half percent on a 10-year fixed note. And like I said, a lot of these rates I'm quoting are fixed for the entire term. We're not talking about a variable rate. We're talking about fixing it for the entire term at those rates and historic low rates. That way, you don't have to worry about whether it be six months from now or six years from now, those rates are ballooning on you. You know, you're locked in. Uh, We do have a variable rate product, and I'll be more than glad to, to discuss that with anybody who wants to talk about it. But, you know, right now in the rate environment we're in, my suggestion is always to take advantage of the lower rate, lock it in as long as you can. And I would mention, too, that these rates that I'm quoting do not have a prepayment penalty. So you can pay principal on it at any time or pay it off with, at any time without any kind of penalty
0: yeah you know you you were talking about the crystal ball of course we don't really know what's going to happen ever but are there any cyclical changes just from a calendar year standpoint that typically occur with interest rates like can people expect a, a you know a first quarter bump in a normal year which we obviously <laughs> haven't had in 2020 but is there a cycle
2: uh, with us, I think we're we're a little different. when it comes to that, just because our bonds and securities that we issue are in such high demand, they're about as close to buying the treasury as, as you can get. Um, because of that, and that that supply and demand, uh, our rates are doesn't fluctuate as much as maybe other rates would. I would tell you that from a cyclical standpoint, I don't see anything that happens from that standpoint. But what we do see, obviously, there's other external factors, elections other things that go into that that cause those things to or cause the consumers to maybe hold on to cash and maybe not buy bonds. And when those things type happen, obviously those rates may go up a little bit, but as long as the supply and demand are balanced and there is a demand for our, our products out there, I, there's nothing that I see internally from a cyclical standpoint that would drive rates one way or the other. Keith, I ran into this
0: problem the other day in a closing where I had a buyer that was they didn't have a rate locked in yet you know and they were they were kind of wanting to push the issue so they could get that rate locked in when does that happen in the closing process for folks that want to understand that process if if they get a property under contract or they're going through the financing process when are they able to actually lock in that rate
2: Uh, well that happens once everything goes through underwriting and we actually get them approved so typical process for us is We'll go out, we'll send them an application, and we'll request the, the needed documentation from them, such as tax returns, pay stubs, liquidity verifications, driver's license, things of that nature. We'll send that through underwriting. We'll get that approved. And, and then once I get that approved, I'll actually make that phone call to them and say, hey, this is, we got you approved, and, and these are the terms we got you approved on. And if there's any conditions to the approval, we'll make that known at that time as well. And then I always ask them at that point in time, would you like to lock the rate? Because, you know, we lock a rate for 30 days. Typically at that point, I'm closing in well less than 30 days. So a 30-day rate lock is fine unless there's issues with title work or appraisal. But, you know, once we're through underwriting and, and I have the terms and conditions, and hopefully those terms and conditions as requested by the borrower, I'll call them at that point in time and, and ask them or go over the, the terms and conditions and ask them do they want to lock the rate. And obviously, the rate environment we're in, most folks are locking it right away.
0: Well, Keith, if folks want to get up with you uh, or anybody at Alabama Ag Credit in their neck of the woods, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and and get that process started?
2: Well, they can reach our office here in Monroeville at 251-743-2865. My personal cell phone is 251-229-9019. Or they can obviously research us on the web, alabamaagcredit.com, if they're looking for a track of land or in a particular area. And even if it's a tract of land that's outside of my territory, I'd be more than glad to point them in the right direction. But we would love an opportunity to help anybody interested in purchasing land and, and requiring finances. So we'd love the opportunity. Well, Keith, it's been a pleasure, man. We wish you a Merry
0: Christmas and, uh, and a successful rest of, of 2020. And I uh, hope 2021 is just as prosperous and uh we'll look forward to talking to you on here again soon sounds
2: good guys thank you for the opportunity
0: clan i know we can't expect rates to stay this low forever but to some extent i've been hearing that rates can't ever get this low it seems like since 2008 off and on you know i mean we have definitely seen bumps and fluctuations but do you see an end in sight to
1: this i mean what's your crystal ball telling you it's uh a little foggy right now To say the least, even at today's rates, if you buy the right track of land, it's outgrowing the interest rates. So that's one reason why they've been so busy and and we've been so busy is that it is just, I guess you'd say, unheard of thing to to have that opportunity, which we've been saying that for a while now. So I'm taking advantage of it because if I can buy timber that's growing at five to six percent a year just in general size and borrow money at three to four percent effectively to do that that's a no brainer for me, you know, and that doesn't even include the value of me being able to get on it and recreate on it with my family.
0: What about the dirt underneath that timber, Clint? You know, you talk about that timber is growing five, 6%, you're borrowing it. Golly, you know, we heard as low as really two and a half percent after you consider that patronage rate, roughly, roughly two and a half to maybe three and a quarter, three and an eighth after you consider that patronage rate. What about dirt? What do you see over the years dirt appreciation rates?
1: It depends on where you're at, location, location, location aspect, real estate always kicks in, but just across the board, you know, about one and a half percent is is a common rate that most folks agree on. You got some areas that certain parts of Baldwin County, which is one of the fastest growing MSAs in the country, you get inside certain growth rings and you're gonna see significantly more than that as long as sewer and school systems and things like that go the right direction you know, assuming that it's rural land now and it's going to be rural land later in terms of highest and best use, and that's a pretty common rate to live by. And then on top of that, you've got the product change and timber and things like that that we've talked about uh, on several shows. So that, you know, what I expect to see out of my personal land investments is is about an average return of anywhere from annualized return of 8 to 10% and some of them up to 20% a year, depending on what stage That asset is in. All
0: right, Clint. So you're you're saying eight to ten percent a year. We're talking about interest rates anywhere from three and a half, you know, up to four and a quarter after a patronage maybe dropping another point. I like those numbers. I mean, even in a worst case scenario, like you said, say you get five percent growth and a one and a half percent appreciation in the dirt, and assuming you don't do anything to it, you're still talking about essentially double, you know, the return, you know, six and a half percent. You know, down on, you know, three three and a half percent on the interest rates. That's a very favorable environment right now for borrowing money. Nobody can argue with that. Now, you know, to play devil's advocate, leverage cuts both ways. I'm not a not a big believer in a bunch of debt and financing your financing a lifestyle you can't afford. And but, like I say, leverage cuts both ways. It, it, when when properties go down in value. It can hurt you worse if you're leveraged. Have you seen that happen with land? You know, in your career, have you seen that happen with rural land, the types of land that we sell?
1: No, not in our region of the country. I mean, now you hear some stories about some of those heavily adjusting, raising, falling prices in the Midwest on some of that crazy farmland out there. But for the most part, rural land and that's gonna be its highest and best use for a for our lifetime or a long period of time at least. No, I've never had anybody lose money in land ever in terms of the base asset. If somebody goes in there and spends a lot of money on improvements in a short period of time and then wants to see some kind of massive return out of it, those are really the only instances where you see somebody lose money. A lot but They, of that didn't, they really
0: didn't lose money on the land in that scenario. They lost money on the improvement. I mean, we're talking about somebody who goes in and you build a half a million dollar cabin on a, on a 40 acres of land. There's not a whole lot of buyers looking for that. Most people that want a half million dollar cabin want to have a thousand acres of land. And so that still wasn't the, that wasn't a loss in the land. That was a loss in the improvement.
1: That's right. So there's just poor planning. So, in, but in terms of the actual asset, no, I've never had anybody lose, lose money on that in 17 years of doing this, including myself, you know, keep in mind when I'm, there's gonna be years where that return on on investment just again using timberland as an as example is going to be twenty percent and most people if they're if they're purely in the stock market and they look back over history and they've averaged out six to eight percent a year they're happy and that's good and they and they should be and what I'm saying is you can meet and exceed that with rural land and I'm not saying don't invest in the stock market I'm in it and I'm just saying diversify but land is very stable and none of these returns we're talking about include The returns from tax shelter, from basis depletion, from estate opportunities. Again, that's some form of tax shelter, but different conservation easement opportunities. And ultimately, for me, it doesn't include the huge value that I put on being able to use it with my family and personally. Being out in the woods, either on my own, enjoying afternoon, or with my kids, or my family, I find a real return on that. Physically, emotionally, and professionally, because it it allows me to clear my head, get out there, you know, have some new ideas, solve some problems that I wasn't able to solve sitting behind a desk and a keyboard. So, there's a lot more out there than just financial return.
0: There's no doubt, man. That's why we why we do what we do, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, and it's something that it's easy to be passionate about, and it's it's this is going to be a time period where, you know, just like we we listen to our parents talk about the uh, the interest rate environment. Uh, when we were kids, you know, and how high those interest rates were, you know, we're going to be talking about this decades from now as what an opportunity that was during that period of time. And it's exciting, uh, but who knows when it's going to end, hopefully, you know, you were talking about that asset balancing and, you know, not necessarily that you don't want to be in the stock market, but land can be a part of that. Some of the discussions like that are going to be coming in 2020, we're going to be getting into a lot more content as it relates to land ownership, buying land and recreating on land. We just appreciate you guys listening in 2020. It's our last show. We wish you guys a a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year. And uh, we're going to be looking forward to uh, following up on, on these discussions in 2021. We thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys in the new year. This week's show is brought to you by SunSouth. From outdoor equipment, parts, service, accessories, SunSouth has you covered. Own the best for less. Visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, for those that do. And also, the Alabama Ag Credit as the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and land to tractors and crops because sometimes natural resources need financial resources and while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. And also brought to you by Wildlife Management Solutions. The experts at Wildlife Management Solutions can guide you on selecting the best forage for your soils and goals. So give them a call at 877-400-8089 or check out their website with more information and a full dealer list at productsforwildlifemanagement.com.
1: This week's show has been brought to you by Joe Baia and Clint Flowers, members of the top producing team at National Land Realty, the fastest growing and most innovative land brokerage in the nation. Bottom line, we know land, and now is a great time to buy or sell. Want to know why? Shoot us an email at pros@landhunting.com at landhunting.com or call us at 855-NLR-LAND.